This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollock. A good program lined up. The Chiefs back at training camp. Patrick Mahomes may still be holding back a bit from that high ankle sprain. We'll find out more from Todd Lebo from Sports Radio 810 WHB. Missourians may be missing out on money. We'll talk with an advisor at Social Security. There's a local author from Central Missouri that specializes in Western novels and crime series, and he was recently recognized with two awards at a Western Writers Convention. Richard Prosh joins Marshall Griffin to talk about his works. The Western Writers of America is the preeminent organization for Western writers in America, and it's been around for 70 years. In fact, uh, this year of 2023, we're celebrating our 70th anniversary. And all the Western writers that you've probably heard of have no doubt in the past been members of Western Writers of America at one time or another, um, Elmer Kelton or Lula Moore, people like that. And a lot of the movies and TV shows that we all remember from the 40s, 50s, 60s, when Westerns were at their heyday, a lot of those writers and screenwriters and people were associated with the Western Writers of America. So it's, a, it's a, an organization with a lot of history. And uh, I've been a member since 2016 and happy to be a member. The uh, conventions happen every year at different parts of the, the West, actually. Um, there have been a couple on the East Coast, I think, but mostly um, the organization tries to work with venues in the West. This year's convention was at Rapid City, South Dakota, and uh, I got uh, honored there or, or recognized there for two awards. I uh, was recognized for a Spur Award finalist for my novel Pony Boys, and my uh, co-conspirator Paul Bishop and I were recognized with the Lariette Award for our Six Gun Justice podcast, which ran for uh, three years uh, during the course of the pandemic. And we both had some things we needed to get done, other projects. So it is on a hiatus for right now. Uh, this spring and summer, it's been on a hiatus. And we talked about it during the convention, what's what's coming up. And there will be some things coming up, so stay tuned. We will do that. You're listening to Show Me Today. This is Marshall Griffin. We're speaking with Richard Prosh. He is a Western writer who lives in Lowen, Missouri, and uh, was recently recognized at the uh, the Western Writers Convention uh, in Rapid City, South Dakota. Tell us a little bit about some of the uh, the Western novels that you've done. Uh, did some of them take place in, uh, I guess, the Old West, or you know, any of the modern-day Westerns? Kind of give us an overview of some of your work. Well, I started out writing about Nebraska because that's where I grew up, in northeast Nebraska, along the Outlaw Trail, which uh, is the stomping grounds of Doc Middleton and Kid Wade, two uh, fairly infamous characters of northern Nebraska along the Niobrara River there. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't the best writer in the world when I started out. None of us, I think, are as we try to, try to uh, write short stories or longer things. So I did write both. I wrote short stories and, and longer works, and I really got into the short stories at, at first. So back in the early 2000s, late 1990s, early 2000s, I was really writing a lot of short stories and sending out Western stories to different venues, but also sending out some mystery stories as well. And I was lucky enough to get a few published, and that, you know, spurred me along, and, and I was able to grow in the craft. Um, in 2016, I won a Spur Award from the Western Writers of America for a short story, and that was a, that was a real awakening to the world out there of other Western writers, and I, I really uh, 
was embraced by the community. It's a very friendly community of people. And so then I started to write serious novels. Um, I signed up with Wolfpack Publishing, which is probably right now the biggest publisher of Westerns. And I wrote several novels for them under a, a ghost name as I was kind of learning the ropes of longer work. Um, I wrote, uh, oh, just, just a bunch of different kinds of Westerns for them. Can I jump in a second? Was that was was that house name A.W. Hart? Yes, it was. Okay. I, I, yes. I got that from your website. So. Yes, A.W. Hart. And I've written, actually, I've written some other books under ghost names as well. I, I write currently with another uh, actually science fiction writer um, who dabbles in Westerns. And we write a series called The Guns of Legend. And we write that under a pen name, Brody Weatherford. So I've written several things under a lot of uh, ghost names, but then I did uh, I did publish three books in the Hellbender series with Wolfpack under my own name. I've written some uh, books with my wife Gina under my own name, and then most recently I have the uh, uh, Pony Boys series, which the first book is out, Pony Boys. The second book called Cast a Wide Loop comes out in August of this year. I think you touched on it a little bit, but uh, you do some crime fiction and you have a recurring series there. Tell us about that one. Well, I started writing short stories, uh, mystery short stories. And again, I was lucky enough to have a few things published, never a series, though. And I decided I really wanted to do a series in my spare time, which I have less of all the time. I thought as you got older, you had more spare time, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Um I do collect vinyl records, and I've always thought it would be fun to own a record store. And so my character, Dan Spaulding, owns a record store, and he's an ex-state investigator, uh, law enforcement officer, retired, but decided to open a record store in a resort town, sort of like Branson or you know, think Branson or Lake of the Ozarks, but it's not either one of those. It's a fictional town. And so he has his record store, and of course— as these things happen in, in mystery series, um, because he was associated with law enforcement and because he has a business and because he has all sorts of quirky friends, he ends up um, always then getting back pulled into some kind of crime or something to solve. So I've, I've written, I think there are seven or eight of those. Now, um, is there anyone who helped you or mentored you in any way along this uh, journey of yours? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, there are so many people uh, all the way going all the way back to like fifth grade, you know, um, in, in the fifth grade. Um, my teacher, Mrs. Newharth, had uh, some kind of assignment. I don't even remember what the assignment was, but I wrote a story about a vampire and uh, it just went long. It went longer than the other kids. You know, it went, went really long. And she wrote it. She wrote a bunch of comments and marked it up like teachers do. But then at the top, she wrote. If you keep this up, you'll be a, write, a real writer someday, a real writer. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And it wasn't something that I had thought that I was ever going to be because I'd always had a background in art. Ever since I was really little, I, I drew and painted, and, and I always thought I would be an artist. So that stuck with me, though. That you know, I tucked that away, and it always stayed there and resonated. And then in college, I took some writing classes and I won a couple awards as a uh, for my written work in college, and then always kind of dabbled at it and had a few successes. As I said, was uh, published in some nonfiction stuff um, 
I wrote for magazines for a while in the 1990s. I wrote some nonfiction stuff for magazines and then finally decided to just take it more seriously. And as I said, when I joined the Western Writers of America, I, I met so many wonderful fiction writers and not just uh, Western, but mystery writers, you know, people like um, David Morrell, who created Rambo. I met him in 2016 in Cheyenne. Um, uh, Joe Lansdale, who's a, a wonderful mystery suspense horror writer. Lots of different people like that who I've talked to and been able to trade emails with and learn from. And it's just been wonderful. You're listening to Show Me Today. This is Marshall Griffin. We're speaking with Richard Prosh, a Western writer. I Actually, more than just a Western writer, but uh, that's uh, the primary genre, genre that he's getting uh, accolades for at this moment. Um, has, has any of your work, or have you made any attempts to have any of your work, uh, say, turned into screenplays for you know movies, TV, anything along those lines? Yeah, uh, we we have. There's there's it's a really different kind of world. You know, when you step into Hollywood or television production, even just some kind of um, uh, semi-professional type of thing, it's a different world with lots of different requirements and lots of different kinds of people who want to get their fingers into it and, and work things over. I have a couple of things with an agent now that, you know, we'll see if there's ever an option um, made for anything. But uh, you meet these people and there's always deals to be made and everybody's always interested until they're not. And, you know, so it's a, it's a different world. Um, the world of screenwriting is different from novel writing. So I have lots of friends who are novelists who would never be able to write a decent screenplay and some friends who are screenwriters who maybe could never write a decent novel. So just because you're a good short story author or a good novelist or a good screenwriter doesn't mean you're necessarily good in the other areas. There, each, each area has its own discipline. And of course, each business has its own expectations. And so it's sometimes hard to cross over, which is why you don't necessarily see a lot of crossover. It's a it's a pretty limited uh, market. We've been talking to Richard Prosh. He is a uh, a novelist, a writer, uh, primarily in the uh, Western genre, but uh, in several other areas as well, who lives in Loma, Missouri, and he's been talking with us here on Show Me Today. Now, if you're tuning in late or you want to hear more, you can subscribe to Show Me Today on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. What I remember most is the loneliness I felt, the separation from other people. At the end, drinking was no fun for me. Since I've started to attend AA meetings, the greatest gift is that I've become reconnected. I'm part of life again. I really like myself, and that's wonderful. AA is a miracle in my life. Visit aa.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you.
Here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise, and that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Emotional and mental health challenges, but many of us do not understand what we are facing or know how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we understand what you are going through, and we are here to help. Our vision is to build a mentally healthy nation for all. We work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit MentallyHealthyNation.org to learn more. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Back on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri, and the Chiefs are up at St. Joe for training camp already. I mean, where has the summer gone? Uh, And before you know it, we'll be ready for a cooler weather and football and the Chiefs defending their Super Bowl championship. So as they uh, start to make their way into St. Joe, Todd Lebo from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City joins us. Todd, nice to talk with you again. Yeah, Bill, it's football season's already here. It's crazy. This is a very, very short off season. The Super Bowl was pretty late this year, and training camp starts early for the Chiefs because they're playing on that Thursday night game. So this week they had uh, quarterbacks and rookies, and not just rookies. I think they can have some practice squad people and stuff, but that means Patrick Mahomes has been in camp since Tuesday. So that's a very short off season for the reigning MVP and Super Bowl champion. But it's it's uh, they have a little three day, four day thing for the rookies to kind of get used to camp before the veterans show up this weekend and it becomes full-fledged camp where the fans can go watch. But it's already here. It's begun. I'm, all, I'm always confident that we have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Um, but I understand that's a process. I understand it's not easy. Um, and so uh, I'm going to continue to try to build myself and then help our team get better and better and learn for those guys to stay motivated. And uh, I think we have a lot of motivated guys. Um, that, that I think you've seen from some of the quotes from everybody that we want to continue to build this thing. Uh, we want to we want to have a special group that kind of can carry out a legacy. Um, and uh, I think we have the right guys, and now let's just go out there and do it. You know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes on the match, the big golf tournament with he and, and Kelsey, and I know he's been golfing. And uh, if you've seen the docuseries Quarterback on Netflix, I won't play spoiler, but they did a great job and went into so much detail on his high ankle sprain. Todd, is Patrick, is he 100% healthy, and is he susceptible now to that injury getting hurt again? 
I, I mean, he is 100%. That's what he told us on Tuesday. He's 100%. He's ready to go. And I'm sure in, amongst all the things that he's done this offseason, with all the golf and everything you mentioned, um, yeah, he's worked real hard on that too. I don't know if I've seen anyone who really works harder at all sides of the game as I have with him. It's the studying and it's the, the, the practicing, but it's also the physical stuff. If, you know, you, when you watch the quarterback on Netflix, you know, all the, the weird exercises, most of those were things like, I don't, I don't know who's doing that. I don't see that at the local gym, you know. But, so he is, uh, if there's something to be done, he will do it to make sure he doesn't have that, that type of injury again. But he's 100% and ready to go for the Chiefs. Yeah, it feels great. Um, I think uh, even going into OTAs a little bit, I still was a little timid about running and cutting and doing stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, when I got uh, kind of through, like, closer to vet mini camp in that later OTA stage, I got that confidence back in my ankle. And um, I'm sure I'm not going to be running a lot uh, right now, but we'll be testing it, especially in these half-gassers. So uh, I'll make sure that it's, it's ready to go, and uh, I think I'm in a good spot with it. And God forbid something were to happen to him. Uh, the backup quarterback position, it's now Blaine Gabbert, the former Mizzou Tiger, with the Chad Henney retiring. And, you know, Henney took over and led the Chiefs on that 98-yard touchdown drive while Mahomes was getting looked at. You know, Gabbert has been in the league a long time. Uh, he was a first-round pick. He was a backup to Tom Brady. Being around him has to be beneficial. Uh, how confident are you in that role? Should he have to step in at all for Patrick? Well, I guess you're confident as you are with anybody. I mean, you're never – it's a big it's a big drop-off from Patrick Mahomes to whoever. And Chad Henney's had some nice moments. You mentioned the game against Jacksonville. He helped him win the game against the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago in the playoffs when Patrick got – well, concussed. I'll say he got concussed. They said it was a neck, but he was concussed <laughs> in that game. Um, you know, so it's a big drop-off. But, but, you know, Gabbert's a capable guy. They've had Shane Bouchelle around for a couple of years as well as the third stringer. I think this is, is Blaine Gabbert's job as a second stringer. I mean, that's what they brought him here for. But Bouchelle's been in that kind of wide-open offense at his time when he was at Texas, and then he transferred to SMU. Um, and he certainly knows the plays because he's been around for a little bit longer. But I think they'll be fine if Blaine Gabbert has to go in and play. But you wouldn't want a, a four- or five-game stretch of any of that. In, back in 2019, when they won the Super Bowl and Patrick had his kneecap dislocated, you know, Matt Moore came in and beat the Vikings in a game, and almost beat the – the, pay, uh, the Packers in a game, so I mean, they'll find a way. They, this is not a Super Bowl roster just because of the quarterback. They have, had a, they have a Super Bowl roster because it's talent up and down the coaching staff. Todd Lebo from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City joining us here on Show Me Today. You can also find our podcast uh, on Apple. Just search Show Me Today. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the ESPY Awards show uh, a week or so ago. I, I saw the highlights. Mahomes was named the Male Athlete of the Year, the Chiefs, uh, the Team of the Year. Chris Jones was on stage with Mahomes and, and Kelsey, and he made it a point to thank GM Brett Veach. Now, maybe I'm looking into this a, a little deep, but is that some foreshadowing that a deal – uh, is going to get done. A long-term deal is going to get done soon. I just, I, I found it odd at an award show that you're, hey, it's great to be up here. We did all the thanks to GM Brett Veach. I, I, it, I was like, whoa, oh, hey, wait a minute, is that is that a good sign? Well, Andy Reid told us on Tuesday when he was asked about Chris Jones that he doesn't know if he's going to be there when camp starts. You know, Sunday is the first day of, of actual practice, but he knows there's been communication, and that's the important thing. And now some of the dominoes have fallen, right? Uh, Quinn and Williams got his deal done with the Jets, so now there's been a kind of a market set there. Um, and, and so I, I think 
I think Chris is going to be a chief. I also think Chris didn't mind not being at OTAs and mandatory minicamp. And I also think that Chris, if he misses the first four or five days of camp, probably is going to be okay with that too. He's a veteran. He keeps himself in shape. He was in great shape last year. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be alarmed if on Sunday when the first official practice happens, he's not on the field. I would not, I would not sound the alarm bell if I was a chief said. This is not what you're seeing happening in lots of other places with contract issues with players. I think there is a, 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 a respect on both sides for sure, and I think he wants to be a chief, and I think he will be a chief. But it just may be kind of be on his terms when he wants to show up. I guess we'll check the weather forecast. It's going to be 104 degrees. Next week in St. Joe, yeah. maybe he wait. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's got that ability. I would, I would for 104 degrees. No kidding. I know Todd. People here in Missouri are interested in uh, Nick Bolton, the former Mizzou Tiger. I mean, he's turned into a real star. How tall is his ceiling? How much better can he get? Well, he's getting better and better. One of the things that, that's impressed me so much about him, you know, when he was a rookie. Anthony Hitchens was their guy with the green sticker on the helmet. He had been the guy since he became a chief. That's the guy who Steve Spagnuolo will make the calls to the defensive coordinator in his head, and he will make the calls to the guys in the field. He's basically the quarterback of the defense. And when they put the sticker on Nick Bolton, this is before last season. This is OTA. Steve Spagnuolo was like, I have no qualms. This, this guy is ready to do this. He's got an exceptional football mind. And it, it was great last year for him. He had a really nice year. Probably should have gotten a little more accolades. It doesn't always happen that way. You have to get in the club before you get them all right. But he's been great for him, absolutely great. And I think he's going to continue to get better. The Chiefs all of a sudden have some really good young linebackers. When you when you look at him and Willie Gay next to him with uh, you know the kid from Mississippi State has been really good for him. And Leo Chanel played real good snaps last year for him as a rookie out of Wisconsin. All of a sudden they've got a really nice cheap which is always important when you want to keep Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones around, linebacker core. So we'll see if uh, you'll have some real big decisions, not this year, but in the next year or so with some of those guys as they get older on what they do with their contract. But I look for Bolton to have another just exceptional year for him. Todd Lebo from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City with us. All right, Todd, we'll play glass half empty, glass half full, our final two questions. Uh, how harder does it get for the Chiefs to defend the Super Bowl title, having won twice and played in three Super Bowls in the last four seasons? Well, I think it'll get really hard for him. I, I think it, 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 it was a really good exercise for, for Chiefs fans, especially, to go back and watch that, that quarterback series. You forget, I mean, just how close so many games were. And they had a couple of close losses as well. But if a couple of those things don't go their way, all of a sudden they're playing the week before, they're not home. You know, the, you know, and, and if you put close games in the playoffs as well, I mean, one play here or there, they don't beat the Bengals. One play against the Eagles here or there, they don't win that game. The margin is super thin. They've been, you have to call them dominant. They've hosted five straight AFC championship games, but it hadn't been easy. I mean, these other teams are getting better. They're trying hard. So it'll be, if they pull this feet off and like end up being hosting the six straight AFC championship game against these teams, the AFC, and go win a Super Bowl. I think it'll be a, about as good as accomplishment we have seen from a, a team in a long time in the National Football League. Yeah, and we'll we'll finish with that. I'll give you the final word. The Chiefs will repeat as Super Bowl champs because 
if they do that, it'll be because they got uh, the tackles they brought in are going to be better than people think, and the wide receivers are going to step up. You know, because you know Juju Smith-Schuster's not on the team, but that'll be what it is. They'll, they'll they'll get good tackle play, and the receivers play better than people think. Todd Lebo from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm, I'm sure you guys are excited with Sports Talk Radio now that the, the Chiefs are going after the struggling season the Royals have had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball had been good for the Royals. Yeah. Soccer had been great for sporting year. Yeah. Bring football season on. Keep Kingman is ready. Yeah, that's good. Todd, always appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime, Bill. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're talking, they will hear you Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You try All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? 
No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you have a concern about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is gonna tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. The Supplemental Security Income Program provides monthly payments to adults with a disability, those below special financial limits, and some children. Elisa Nelson is here with Abigail Sapote, Senior Advisor to the Social Security Administration Commissioner, who says some Missourians are missing out on money. Is this a program that is widely known? I do want to share that um, you know, Social Security's core mission is helping eligible people access critical benefits, including SSI. So as most people are probably aware with our Social Security benefits for seniors or retirees, we do run the Supplemental Security Income Program, which is not a new program. Uh, this program has been around for many years. And as you mentioned, it does provide monthly payments to adults and children with a disability, as well as people age 65 or older who meet these financial qualifications. And I want to remind folks that SSI helps pay for basic needs like rent, food, clothing, and medicine. So um, is this a program you think um, we need to get the word out about more? I guess I'm just wondering if there are plenty of Missourians out there that are eligible that are not taking advantage of this. Yes, 100 percent. You know, the reason why we're talking to you today is that we want to uh, share this campaign across Missouri to make sure that we're reaching people in their community. So if they're listening right now to this interview or are seeing mailers in their mailbox or are seeing signage in their communities or flyers distributed in their local stores, it means that we're wanting to reach them or their family members and or people that they love in their community who might be eligible. And folks can reach us at 1-800-772-1213 or online at www.ssa.gov forward slash SSI to begin the process right now. So talk to me a little bit about how the application process um, works and how long it takes on average, because, um, you know, I'll just I'll just say, you know, sometimes uh, people are not the most patient. And so I, I like to mm-hmm. I, I like to inform them you know, what kind of investment, time investment this might take? Sure, sure. That's a really great question. So uh, most recently, we actually, well, I'll start off by saying that, you know, the SSI process is is a bit complex. Um, However, we're working uh, in various ways to make sure that our programs are accessible to people. And one of the ways we created our newest SSI protective filing tool, which we launched last March of 2022. And this tool has already helped about 300,000 people apply for SSI. 
and I'll give folks just a little bit of time to grab a piece of paper and a pen uh, so they can jot down this uh, URL. And the URL is www.ssa.gov forward slash SSI forward slash start dot HTML. And make sure to jot down that HTML because that will make sure that you get to the right web page where folks just have to answer 10 easy questions that will let them know if they're eligible. And using that tool only takes about five to 10 minutes. But once that process is complete, within 14 days, an SSA employee will follow up to schedule an appointment for a full interview. And we can then help this individual process their application via the phone or by visiting one of our field offices. Again, yes, it is complex, but we are here every step of the way to make sure that an individual can get access to SSI to meet the basic needs like rent, food, clothing, or medicine. Tell me about the monthly payments in terms of amount. How is that figured? Sure. So it does depend on, um, there, there are some resource limits, and this can vary by individual. But I just want to remind folks that SSI is a needs-based program. It is there to provide basic financial support. And so the best way that folks can uh, figure out how much they will be able to receive is by giving us a call at 1-800-772-1213 or visiting us online at www.ssa.gov forward slash SSI. But what I can say is that if folks are eligible, they will receive a check via mail, or they can actually also provide us with their routing information to their bank, and they will receive those monthly benefits directly to their bank account. Abigail Sapote, the Senior Advisor to the Social Security Administration Commissioner, joins Show Me Today to talk about the Supplemental Security Income Program that provides monthly payments to adults with a disability or below specific financial limits, um, some children as well. I'm Elisa Nelson. How has the pandemic impacted the number of applications that you have received, Abigail? Yeah, great question. And really, that's one of the reasons that we're, um, you know, going across the country to share this additional information because since the pandemic, we did know that there has been a great decline in SSI applications in underserved communities. So in those communities where people need us the most, in those communities where people are living at or below 150% of the federal poverty threshold, and where communities really um, just might be unaware that this program is available to them. And I want to remind people that if they're already receiving SNAP benefits or Medicaid, they could be eligible for SSI. So they can definitely give us a call at one 800 772 1213 or visit us online at www.ssa.gov forward slash SSI. Any idea on roughly how many Missourians uh, could qualify for this program but are not taking advantage of it at this time? Well, we don't have exact numbers of how many Missourians could be eligible for this program. I can say that we are currently serving over 7.5 million people across the country with SSI benefits. So folks think that, think that they might be the only one who need these benefits. That's not true. They're not alone, and we can help them. Again, they can call us toll-free at 1-800-772-1213 
or visit us online at www.ssa.gov forward slash SSI. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Abigail? I just want to tell folks that, um, you know, if they are thinking of getting access to SSI or any of our other benefits here at Social Security, um, if they haven't already to create their My Social Security account, they can do this at ssa.gov and they would be able to get their personal account and check their benefit statement where they can see estimates of how much they would be able to receive in Social Security benefits. So that's just another really great route where people can find out more information before they begin the application process. All right. I want to thank Abigail Sapote, the Senior Advisor to the Social Security Administration Commissioner, uh, for talking about the Supplemental Security Income Program. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. University of Missouri encourages you to eat smart, like a tiger. Use the grill to cook vegetables and fruits. Try grilling mushrooms, onions, peppers, or zucchini on a kebab skewer. Brush with oil to keep them from drying out. Grilled fruits like peaches, pineapple, or mangoes add variety to a cookout. Find more tips like this at muext.us slash eatsmartlikeatiger. This message was funded by USDA SNAP. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way of life. And I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Visit aa.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. 
The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. We're back on Show Me Today. Missouri's teacher workforce needs to fill badly needed positions. Anthony Morbeth is with Paul Katnick with DESE on the process of becoming a teacher in Missouri, whether you're a resident or looking to transfer here from out of state. We're talking with Paul Katnick with the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Let's talk about teacher certification process. How does that sure. work if I'm looking to become a teacher in Missouri? Well, the first thing I would love your listeners um, to hear and try out is teachmo.org, T-E-A-C-H-M-O.org, teachmo.org. That's our website that answers that question. When you open that page up, um, you're going to see the title line up there says everything you need to become a teacher. And there's some links there that you can click on where you can search teaching programs. You can Click another link and learn about financial aid. You can talk to a coach. We have some Missouri teachers who uh, are, will do one-to-one coaching. If you're a high school student, you said, I, I, maybe I want a teacher. I don't know. You jump on here and you get on the phone with a teacher in Missouri and they say, well, let me tell you what it's like to be a teacher. They have application checklists so that you can work your way right down uh, through the process. They have stuff about understanding your career and choosing your path and earning your certificate and deciding what area you'd like to be a teacher in about finding jobs and internships. So teachmo.org, that's that's our webpage for um, all of our future teachers. Um, I guess the other thing I would tell you is that there are there are some different routes that you can use to get to certification. The vast majority of our new teachers come through what's called our traditional route. In a traditional route, the person will complete a four-year you know, college degree, uh, a recommended course of study. Um, they do student teaching. They pass the exit the exit test that they have to pass. So they come out with a bachelor's degree, and then that university recommends to this agency, to our office here, that this person be certified, and we grant them uh, an initial certificate in that area of certification. Vast majority of people do that route. We also have alternative routes, and these are typically for people who already have a bachelor's degree in some area, but decide, I want to do something else, and maybe teaching is for me. And a number of the universities uh, across the, the state uh, offer an internal program where they kind of speed track you through. They take advantage of the existing degree, and they get you the other coursework you need on how to be a teacher and work with kids, and that, that happens a little bit quicker and you can check with any university in any area of certification to see if they offer those. We have routes uh, for out-of-state folks. If you are um, certified in another state, you can earn a comparable certificate in Missouri. We started doing that back in 2005. Um, there's a lot of conversation about it now. It's called uh, reciprocity uh, among states. They're trying to figure out ways to make it easier for someone certified in another state to suddenly be certified in their state. We did that back in 2005, you know, over 15 years ago. Uh, so it's a very easy process here in Missouri if you have a, a license in Iowa or Illinois or whatever. In elementary ed, we just give you a Missouri certificate in elementary ed. It's kind of that easy. 
Um, and then there's also, this is a statutory uh, required route called American Board of Certification for Teacher Excellence, or, or for short, ABCTE route. Um, this is a person with a bachelor's degree. They, they complete a little program of study with ABCTE. They pass their test and they're certified and uh, by ABCT, and then they get the Missouri specific certificate um, in exchange for that. Um, there is a page on our website called Routes to Certification, and it has uh, information about all those ones that I'm talking about, links that'll take you right in and say, here's how you do it, here's what you need to know. But I think the early entry, the easy entry point for most folks is teachmo.org. It's got uh, a lot of information, a lot of resources. There are scholarships that are offered there. Um, a lot of our educator preparation programs across the state have profiles set up there. It's a really easy way to get in and begin to learn about the process, begin to make some decisions to plan how you want to go about that, some checklists to help you along the way, some scholarships to help you with funding. So teachmo.org. And before we continue on in the discussion, if you're tuning in late or if you want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today on Apple or Google Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Type in Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. Click like, subscribe, download, and take us with you wherever you are listening to us. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And my reason in wanting to talk a little bit about the teacher certification process, both in and out of state, is because I think what we're seeing, and this sort of begun during and through the COVID-19 pandemic, you saw a lot of people come to the realization that, you know what, I'm living in a state where the cost of living is insane. Maybe I could try and continue doing what I'm doing in a state where the cost of living isn't as high, i.e. Mm -hmm. Missouri. And so that right. immediately crossed my mind of, hey, I wonder how many uh, we've had a, an influx of folks from out of state, whether it's in St. Louis or Casey or Columbia or even a more rural part of the state being like, hey, I'm a teacher. How do I go about doing that? And so uh, I, I hope that by talking a little bit about this sort of answers that question. But I did want to ask this as a follow up. Uh, I was told and I want your opinion and your your point of view on this. I was told that the certification process is a little complicated. What's your take on that? Well, the tension that we always feel, the thing we want to get right is uh, balancing between making it as easy for folks as we can and at the same time making sure that people are ready to be a teacher. It's, it's a very challenging job. I did it for a lot of years myself. Um, I would even say it's not a job for everybody. There are certain people who can do this and do it well. And there's other people that it would be a very difficult job for. And so we, we want to make sure that we're sending people who are ready. And so there has to be some minimum standards that we have people meet, especially because they're working with your child and my child and everyone's children. And those are our greatest asset, right? The kids of this state are Missouri's greatest asset. They're the future. And so we have to make sure the people who are in their company and teaching them are ready to do the job and they can be successful at it. But at the same time, we are always on the look, um, always checking for some uh, requirements that, you know, made sense the day they were put in place, but maybe don't make sense anymore. And we've actually found some of those over the last year or two, and we've gotten rid of those. One of them was a cumulative GPA requirement that we had in place from years back that we really couldn't figure out um, why it was still necessary now. And when we did the research on it, we couldn't find any ties between a cumulative GPA and quality of a teacher. 
Um, we can find research that says your content GPA, like your coursework, either on being a math teacher or on how to teach that GPA and teacher quality, there is research on that, but cumulative GPA, there wasn't. And so our State Board of Education got rid of that. And there's been some other areas like that. We've learned some things about that exit exam and what a passing score really means. We had one set score, but we realized that a broader interpretation around that score um, is supported by the statisticians at those testing companies. And so we brought in that and brought in hundreds more uh, candidates that way. And so we have done some things to, you know, to uh, make it easier to be a teacher without um, without bringing folks who aren't ready. And every time I bring one of these ideas to our State Board of Education, they ask me, um, are you are you doing this uh, to make it easier to be a teacher and and bringing in people who aren't ready for the job? And And I always promise them we wouldn't bring you any change or idea if it would sacrifice the quality of what's going to be standing in front of the classroom in front of students. So it's that balancing act that we try to get right, but um, we try to accomplish both at the same time. Paul Katnick with the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education joins us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'll conclude by asking this question because I want to be respective of your time. And you kind of indirectly answered this in the previous question, but I want to ask this to see if there was anything else that you wanted to add in relation to this point. And that is with the recent changes in the Missouri legislature over the past couple of years as it relates to education and teachers, what is being done differently, or have you had to change some things up compared to uh, in the years past? Um, I, yeah, I think it would be the same answer I said. There's some things that uh, we were able to to move, to change, to get rid of, and stuff that don't make sense in today's day and age, and probably did at some point when um, you know when it was created. And we are always watching out for those things and and uh, moving on those when we can. At the same time, we take the responsibility of ensuring that every child in this state has a quality teacher in front of the classroom, and we keep in those safeguards to make sure that that happens. That's our, that's the thing that we take very seriously, and we work hard to try to get that balance just right. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Show me today.